Hey friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. We are halfway through season five with this episode. What? What? Crazy. Um, yeah, and then after this season, we'll be halfway through the whole series. Yeah, halfway. Wow. I know. It's pretty impressive, I guess. For it us. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, for us. <laughs> I didn't know if we'd make it. No. Dang. Um, life updates? Are we doing that? Beginning, um, yeah, it's beginning the beginning of October. of October. Wow, it's October. I know. What's going on? It's insane. What's um, going on in the life of Llewellyn? What is going on in my life? Uh, well, I recently ran a 5K. Um, <gasps> nice. So that was fun. Yes. Our work did, or every, every September they do, um, they call it life story. Like every, oh, I just forgot the tagline at mute point. Um, but essentially we raise awareness <laughs> for suicide prevention. Um, okay. and this year is like their 20th an- or was their 20th anniversary. So, um, it was like, I think we specialized or not specialized, but we, um, dealt specifically with military um and like their family members um Mm. and like highlighting you know the need that is to talk about you know that that's a big thing in the military community um i mean it's a big thing all over the place but i think especially for them so it was good um yeah other than that not a whole lot is going on in my life okay cool what about you you had some fun times I had some fun, fun times. Um, I mean, I think I, I think I told you guys about that I was going to New York, so I'm very clearly back. Yeah. Um, it was fabulous. Waited for the trains a little bit more than I've previously done. Anytime I visited, I don't know if it was just Where the did times you guys we stay? were. Bush, uh, Bushwick. Okay. Which I will never do again. <laughs> oh, no. I learned a lot of things about m- my conditional love of New York in this trip. Uh, number one, staying in Brooklyn. I understand that you save money, but at what point, how much money is it worth it to have to travel 45 minutes into the city every day when that's like, I'm I'm going to be in Manhattan. Like, I'm I'm going to New York so that I can be in Manhattan. So, like is it really saving me a lot of money? Mm, debatable. Um, and it probably is, but still I'd rather just wake up and like walk downstairs and then like be in the city. So I learned that. That's true. Um, it's also, but it also depends on where you stay in Brooklyn. Like you stayed in Bushwick, which is pretty far back. It's pretty, it's like yeah. more East of even Wil- uh uh, Williamsburg. Williamsburg. Yeah. Which I do like, like Williamsburg. William Williamsburg is like the 12 south of Brooklyn, which if you guys have yeah. never been to Nashville, you don't know what that means, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, when I went to New York, I stayed in Greenpoint, which is literally like I was two blocks from the skyline. So it still took Dang. like a half an hour to get to Manhattan. But honestly, like Greenpoint was the perfect area. Yeah. I've stayed in Navy, uh, Navy Yard. Which was also pretty sketch, but it was at least closer to, like, 
was closer to the water. Um, and then at one point we stayed in a similar area, but in a hotel for a conference I was there for. Um, but we were like there for a conference. So it's not like we had like a ton of time in the city. So I think next time I'm like, you know what? I'm in my thirties. It's worth it to me to spend a little bit more and just be in the city. So there's that. Um, also, if I go anytime before October, um, I need central air. We had one air conditioning yes, unit that was on one valid. side of the room, which was not on the side near the bathroom. And it was like over 70 degrees at all times in in the house. And that was right near the air conditioning unit, let alone the back of the house, which is where the bathroom and the kitchen were. And I just can't do that. I can't get ready when it's that hot. I just can't. So central air. Um, another thing is I need to just buy a pair of shoes that are like they're running walking shoes, not like a pair of tennis shoes that I have just to like have like an actual pair of shoes that are functional because, and cause I didn't, I didn't use mine properly. Mm-hmm. The thing that I've learned after so many vacations where you're walking a lot is that even if you're wearing a pair of shoes that you've worn in, it doesn't matter. The way that you wear in your shoes when you're walking like from your car to your desk and from your desk to your car and then to like uh, errands and walking around the house. Like the way that you walk when you're at home and doing your normal routine is not the way that you walk when you're in a city and you're like going places and you've got an agenda the way that your feet, like literally the way that you're gripping the surface, like everything is different. So it doesn't matter if you've worn it in one way, it it just, you're walking different. And so I learned that again, I've learned it before, but I learned it again. And I just need a pair of shoes that I know is like, these are my like get her done walking 20,000 steps a day pair of shoes, you know? So yeah, that that and I'll never overpack for New York ever again. I wear the same two athleisure outfits like on a rotating basis because it was warm enough to where I wasn't wearing like anything fancy. So I'll never overpack again either. What'd you wear to Hamilton? I wore, what did I wear? I think I wore like a pair of jeans with a blazer. And uh, either a tank top or a t-shirt underneath. Nice. The girls wore like nice, pretty like dresses and rompers, and I was I was like, no, I'm just too hot. You went functional, like I, which I, I cannot function support. when it's hot. Yeah, I just can't. Like the girls had like their hair down and like really beautiful like curls, and I was like, the the idea of I'm already sweating like just in the apartment, tra- like changing from my athleisure to my like jeans and a like nice blazer. I can't even think about having my hair down around my neck, but if I had been in air conditioning, I totally would have got all dressed up even though it was hot outside. It's just when I'm getting ready, I cannot do it when it's hot. So either I'll never visit New York outside of like October through February (laughs) 
or I'll be in central air yeah, in a hotel somewhere. Yeah. Because I just can't. I understand like being hot all day while you're walking around, but when I'm at home, like I need it in the 60s, high 60s. But anyway, so I learned a lot about myself. So that was good. Well, I was living vicariously through your Instagram stories. So yes, well, I thank you for um, reposting your friends' stories. I know we went to we went to the friend's apartment, which is in West Village. Guys, if I lived anywhere in New York, it would be West Village. It's so cute. It's so stinking cute over there. There's like ivy colored, uh, covered brick houses. See, I think you would thrive in New York City. I honestly like I would do it. Like I'm not saying I would never like live there. I I I definitely could. I've just realized that I'd have to have some very specific things in my apartment to make it worth it for me. Because if I had to live That's where right. I was staying in an Airbnb, I'd hate my life. I'd hate my whole life. Or I'd have to have like five air conditioning units in there to cover that amount of space. Which I think like. That's the cool part about like Airbnb now is like, like when I went to New York, I stayed in an Airbnb and it like gives you that feel of like, what would it look like if I lived here, you know, and like what you like and what you don't like. And that's, I don't know. That's what I love about Airbnb over hotels. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Definitely. But we did a lot of shopping. I'll tell you all about Hamilton in a little bit. Um, I mean, honestly, for the, for the for the part of year like September that we went in you on I honestly couldn't have really asked for better weather unless it was like cooler of course because I'll, yeah. I'll always err on the side of cooler but the fact that the hottest day was the day that we left and it wasn't even a full day um one of the days the high was like 71 degrees and that was amazing that's like perfect and it got like cool at night but not so cold that I even had to like wear a jacket it was it was perfect. Nice. So, yeah, walked, uh, I think, just under 74,000 steps. Sweet. In, like, four and a half days. So it was great. Awesome. Everyone go to New York. Yes, it's, yes, yes, yes. Stay in Manhattan. <laughs> if you're going to travel, visit Brooklyn. Just do it. <laughs> like, visit Brooklyn. You know, like, maybe make it a day. Visit, like, Williamsburg and, and then go back into the city. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Brooklyn. Okay, but, but walking the bridge, though, like, is at nighttime is one of the okay, most magical things. Yes, walking the bridge, super cool. We actually didn't get to do that this time around. We just legit ran out of time. Yeah, that's about There's a lot to do There's in so New York. Much. We were like, we should have gone an extra day. Yeah. But, okay. Well, now that we've given you 10 minutes worth of our life updates, let's get into the episode... Yes. And let's uh, talk about it. Yeah. All right. This week we watched season five, episode 13, titled The One with Joey's Bag. Teleplay by Seth Curland, story by Michael Curtis, and directed by Gail Mancusco. Uh, originally aired on February 4th, 1999. When Rachel helps Joey change his image to help him land an acting gig, she includes a shoulder bag that's rather purse-like. And Phoebe is shocked when her dad attends her grandmother's funeral. It just kind of gives everything away, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. All right, y'all. It's October, which means it's a new month, which means it's October. back to me. Yes. All right. It is. So this week there are three points. 
We're going to talk about Monica and Chandler, which is a pretty short point. Um, Joey and his bag, and then Phoebe <laughs> and her dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll start with the soft open, open, and then go right into Monica and Chandler, since the soft open is literally all about them. Yes, um, perfect. So we open in Chandler's bedroom, where he's giving Monica a massage. Mm-hmm. And until he picks up the timer and forces it to go off so that they have to switch. Um, he appears to be very expectant that it's about to be a great time, as is, I think, any guy that has a woman touching them. Um, that was really inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that fine. inappropriate. <laughs> um, but as she starts to massage his shoulders, the pain in Chandler's face is pretty evident. Yes. Um, and Monica, M- Monica is digging into his back and exclaims, "Say goodbye to sore muscles." And Chandler replies, <laughs> "Goodbye muscles, goodbye muscles." <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um. It really, okay. Massages like that really be like that. Like when you're doing a couple's massage, you you want to be the first one giving, so that you can be the last one to get. Because the last thing you want to do after getting a massage is have to get up and go give one. Yeah. Like, those are the worst. Like, those trade-off situations are the worst. Yeah, I agree. Anytime I've ever done that, I've always been like, well, be like, yeah, we'll trade off. And then it's like, nope. (laughs) I do not want to do that. Yeah. It's definitely worst, like, when giving. Um quick goof in this uh episode chandler when chandler picks up the timer he picks it up from the right side and puts it down on his left but when he and monica switch positions the timer is back on the right hand side uh i also love how he like just made it go by faster so that he could like get massaged (laughs) he's like your timer (laughs) yeah um so then we go into the main part of the episode and we're in the cafe and Chandler is telling Joey that Monica is terrible at massages, like really terrible. But Joey thinks that he should just tell her, like, if you really don't like him, just tell her. Um, however, Chandler doesn't want to because this is his first real, in air quotes, relationship. And he doesn't want to ruin it by telling the truth, which is like the worst thing you could probably do. But he doesn't know that. Um, yes. That's Are we coming back to the cafe it? when it comes to Joey's section? Yes, we will. he's kind of in, into this scene again. Yeah, we'll come back when we talk about Joey and his... Okay, uh, I didn't know if you yeah. split it up. I know, yeah. it's kind of hard because it's... Actually, we can go ahead and talk about that because that doesn't have anything to... Well... It doesn't really have anything to do with the purse. Yeah, so let's just bag, talk about whatever. that. I just, like, Joey's hat one is hilarious. And also, it just reminded me of, like, like Pride and Prejudice, like a top hat that guys would wear in, like, the Regency era... And I really wish that people, like, dressed in Regency more often. But obviously, I, I recognize that it is, like, wildly unacceptable. Yeah. It's, it's more not un- – it's socially – you just feel socially awkward. So it's, like, socially weird. Yeah. Um, but honestly, if I could find the right group, I would cosplay in Regency in, like, a group setting. Like, I would become a part of whatever troupe – like travel not travels and dresses but like i almost did one of the bridgerton experiences because i wanted to like get dressed up and have a night that was like all like that 
I, I, I've told my sister before, I was like, hey, someday when my husband wants to throw, like, a big surprise birthday party, if he could essentially just do, like, a big Bridgerton experience, pretty much, like, that's what I want. <laughs> Everyone to dress up and there to be, like, choreographed dances. Like, I would freaking love it. But that top hat made me think of it because I'm like, who wears a top hat that looks like that? Nobody. Yes. So to give context to the top hat, um, after or Joey and Chandler are talking and Ross and Rachel come back over to the couch and mm-hmm. Joey is quick to move this top hat that's been that's sitting on the floor. I know. First off. Um, so you Ross is on the table. On the table's it. huge and you never right. use the other side of it. Right. Um, but Chandler grabs it out of his hand and you know, makes a joke about, you know, the bunny got away and is like looking around because <laughs> it's legitimately a top hat. Um, but Joey tells the group that he is auditioning for this part um, where it's a real cool, suave international guy and he wants mm. to dress it because he feels yes. like everybody is going to be dressed this way. Um, and Chandler just continues to make fun of him, which then has Rachel asking, like, why don't you just come to the store and I'll dress you? Um, yeah. So we'll get back to what that entails in a minute yes um so then up in the apartment a little while later um monica is gets called out for not giving good massages she Mm -hmm. is in the middle of giving phoebe one to help release tension um and phoebe tells her that as a masseuse and a human never do that to anyone (laughs) so funny (laughs) um but monica's adamant because monica you know doesn't lose um she states she's really good at massages and this is the point where we find out that nobody likes him ross doesn't agree with her and rachel Mm -hmm. somehow is allergic to them um which she says hilarious (laughs) like Um, monica you should see right through that honey oh for sure but she doesn't yeah. So she tries to prove her point that she's good by claiming that Chandler loves them and starts to massage his back, but his face gives away that he does not like it, and Phoebe calls him out before he finally comes clean and tells her, like, no, I do not like your massages, which upsets Monica because they're in a relationship and they should be telling each other the truth. Yeah. And she her starts... whole world is, like, shooketh. Yeah, it is. And she starts saying, the minute we start to lie to each other, but then... <laughs> Both of them realize where they who's are in the room, <laughs> and she turns it's definitely like on the verge of a couple oh, spat until she sure. realizes for sure. And she turns and says, "By we, I mean society." Yeah, yeah. Which is like a terrible cover up, but I know. And like, come you on, can friends. even see like I mean, they don't stay in the scene very long, but you can see Ross's face is kind of like okay. <laughs> I wish they would have like gave really quick shots between like joey and rachel like of them looking at each other or something to be like oh we know what's happening here you know for sure um did you did you catch jennifer aniston breaking character when monica started massaging chandler's shoulders yes i did she's like stifling a laugh behind them which is funny i also caught in the background um there's a container holding her utensils that said homemade one cent pickles and i just thought that that is that's so cheap (laughs) Pickles are so, like, that's so cheap. Yeah. Pickles, it was, like, a huge, like, ceramic type, I don't know, holder for all of her, like, spatulas and things like that. Um, And then I also love, I know this is, like, on a different topic, but it's still the scene, how 
I think, is it Chandler or Joey that uses the word, it's so becoming? It's Joey. I think Joey. it's Joey, because he's talking yeah. about, like, how he looks. And I love how his bag has given him this, like, almost like he's taken on this pers- persona of, like, oh, it's it's so becoming. Like, <laughs> like Joey wouldn't talk like that ever. But I just yeah. thought that was great. So, yeah. Um, so then the last little scene... Um, with this storyline is back in the apartment a little while later and Chandler enters to apologize to Monica. Um, And he's really, and he's hesitant and he basically just tells her like, look, I like your massages lying again, obviously. Um, But she tells him to stop and just be honest with her. Like if you don't like them, then just say it. And you can see the struggle on his face. Like he's wanting to say it, but he's not sure he should say it. And then he just comes out. I don't like your massages. And almost, yeah. like, on cue, she starts to cry, which Chandler doesn't like um, and tries to cheer her up by saying that you don't have to be good at everything, which is probably the worst thing you could say to Monica, um, and She's leads like, her... you don't know me at all! Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. Um, and in his continued effort to cheer her up, he makes up this weird like he convinces her that she gives the best worst massages and that if anybody were to get an award for it it would be her Mm -hmm. and it basically leads them to her calling it the monica and he's like yes "Yes, of course you can call it whatever you want she then she loudly proclaims i suck i love i love 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 how chandler meets her right where she's at Oh, 100%. Like, at first he stumbles a little bit, but as soon as she said, so if there was, like, an award for the best worst massage, who would get that? And you can see him smile as he starts to, like, realize that, like, okay, she's, like, she's good with this and I've got her. Like, I, I got her to a point where she's, like, accepting of it. And there's just, like, the sweetest smile on his face to indicate that they're, like, on the same page and they're good. I was like, this is so cute. Yeah, I love them. I love I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Alright, anything else on Monica and Chandler? Uh no, pretty pretty cut and dry uh talking point or you know, storyline. Yeah, it felt it kinda felt like it was just like added in. Very you know? yeah, very short for sure. Yeah. So then Joey and his bag. Or purse, however you look at it. <laughs> um, so we're in Bloomingdale's. Rachel is dressing Joey, or she has dressed him in an olive green top with a matching tie and okay, black pants. Okay, hold on. Can we just appreciate that the outside of Bloomies, um, or Bloomingdale's, like the having just freshly come back from New York, seeing the outside of it and seeing like the cars and people walking, I was like, oh my gosh, I miss it already. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Okay, yes. continue. I just, I noticed. No, I you get know, sometimes, it every time. Sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, quick transition scene. But this one, like, it was the first scene transition of something like that. And I was like, oh, man, I was just there and I missed, like, I miss it. But anyways. Yeah. Um, so she dresses him and then informs him that if he plans to return all these items after his audition, he will mm. have to wear underwear. <laughs> and here is where we learn that he does not have those. So, yes. Yeah. Um, um, were you shocked by the color of the tie and the shirt matching exactly? Yep. 
Yep. I was a little thrown. I I didn't like I it. I did not like it. Love the color. Yeah. But the fact Same. that it was not broken up at all, I didn't realize that you could get colors to match so equally. I guess I don't understand why they do that. I know. Like, like it I, I've, I've seen people black. do it, but I don't know why. Have I seen? I, I was wondering. I This was an episode or this was a scene where I looked at it and I thought, am I the idiot? Does everybody wear matching colored no. ties with shirts and I'm the stupid one? I don't think it's normal, but I... Okay, I don't think so yeah. either. And I'm having a hard time pulling out of the recesses of my memory times where I've seen them match exactly the same. There's usually always a pattern or it's a different solid color that matches somewhere else in their attire, like their pants or their shoes or their jacket. The only time same color on same color looks good is black on black on black. Oh, yeah. And, I'll, and I think that's probably where I will where get down on some black on black on black. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it was the olive green over the olive green that I was struggling with. Yeah, same. Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm... I'm glad I'm not alone. Yeah. No, you're not. Okay. Cool. Um, So in looking at him once more, Rachel realizes that something is missing. Mm -hmm. And she grabs a bag that looks a lot like a laptop bag, like the size, um, and tells him to hold it. But he doesn't want to carry it because it's a purse for women. Um, And she tries to tell him, you know, like, no, like, men are wearing these now, too. Like, check the catalog. And so she pulls the catalog out, and there's pictures of men carrying this bag. And mm-hmm. then she goes a couple more pages, and there's a woman carrying the bag. Um, and But as <laughs> she's looking at the catalog more, he's, like, trying it on and looking at himself in the mirror, and he realizes that he actually looks really good holding this woman's purse. Um, and so Rachel tells him, like, look, I told you, it's unisex. And Joey who is so immature and doesn't understand things, um, thinks that she said, like, you need sex. And yeah. he's like, no, I just had sex a couple of days ago. You might need it. And he's she's like, like, speak no. for yourself. Yeah. She's like, no, like, you and I sex. <laughs> and he goes, oh, you and I sex? <laughs> and I won't say no to that. It's like, <laughs> such a hilarious misunderstanding. Yeah. And so Joey, like only oh, Joey yeah. would capitalize on that or, misunderstanding. Sure. Um, I didn't appreciate the satin sheen on the bag. If they were trying to convince me that it's like a unisex bag, why not leather? It's yeah. the 90s and 90s loved leather everything. Sure. So the fact that it wasn't a leather and it was like a satin, like the same type of satin sheen that you see on wedding dresses why why was it satin do you know what i mean like that sheen yeah yeah if you're gonna try to pass this as a guys and a girls yes yes either make it a matte no sheen or leather yeah you you would have had me a little bit more convinced yeah yeah um so then we go to the cafe and joey walks in (laughs) with the bag and gets immediate judgmental glances from both chandler and ross Oh, yeah. Um, They won't let him live it down. No, they make a comment about, you look exactly like your son, Mrs. Triviani. (laughs) And um, this is where Joey claims that he loves the bag because it looks good and it's practical. It holds stuff. Yeah. Like the sandwich because it's sandwich time. Yes. Um, And as he's pulling it out, Rachel reminds him, like, if you're planning on returning this, you can't get mustard on it. 
which is where we learn that Joey doesn't want to return the bag. He wants to buy it mm-hmm. um, and said he will pay. Well, first he said, do you take uh, Vasa or Mustercard, which are the fake little like inserts they put in bags? You know, it's funny. Um, I think that they do it when they used to do those inserts in bags. I think they used to print like the real versions of them. But I think for TV purposes, because at that point you're like mass producing it. Right. They, they definitely would have had like alternate spelling in order to make it so right. that they couldn't get like sued or have to owe like rights or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just funny how we we use that um but anyways he says he'll pay for it after he lands this part that he's pretty sure the bag will get him um and we learn that the bag itself is 350 dollars yeah which is a lot i mean especially for the 90s yeah and for that bag like i feel like uh coach bags are like that much yeah for something that size and that like coach bags are even like more accessible to people now yeah like i feel like more people like michael kors or coach as opposed to like louis vuitton or celine or chanel you know what i mean i just feel like there's like levels of fancy and so to have that be the price in like the late nineties, early two thousands was a lot. Yeah. Um, so we end the scene by the guys continuing to make fun of him and Rachel says that she thinks it's sexy and Joey brings back the oh, you and I sexy. <laughs> yeah, so good. And then we go back up to the apartment. Um, this is the scene where Monica does the whole massage thing, and before mm-hmm. that Joey comes in and says that he's off to his audition with his bag in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rachel thinks he will land the part because of it. And Chandler thinks that it will land him a date with a man. Um, but this is where Joey calls the bag handy and becoming. Yes, there it is. And he stands his ground, which I can like appreciate about him. You know, he stands it and he says, look, get used to it because this is how you're going to see Joey with a bag from now on. Yeah. Which, yeah, get used nice to it for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we go over to the audition and he starts his monologue. But after one line, the director stops him and asks to try again, but without the purse. So yeah. he sets it down, but it's very apparent that he can't stop thinking about it. So he starts again, only to stop like mid sentence and tell them mm-hmm. like, look, it's not a purse. Um, can I ask you a question? So they he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And he's like, and I don't remember the question he asked, but he basically shows in the catalog and um you know that men are now wearing this so it's not technically a purse it's a bag and the director asks him if he sells them and joey's like no no these bags sell themselves and i think that's totally a salesman thing to say for sure and that definitely does not help his case (laughs) sets red flags in the director's mind for sure um because he tells him that they've seen enough even though joey technically hasn't auditioned yet yeah. But as he's walking away, he's so confident in this bag that he's patting it and said, we got it. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really go well for him. Um, also, is it... I don't I'm, I don't know why I'm asking you. I just feel like because you've always been more in the arts than me. 
or than I, uh, why why doesn't he have his lines memorized? Do do they not get them ahead of time for an audition? Um, it depends on the audition. Some for like a Broadway show. Sometimes okay. I mean, if it's an open call, then no, you walk in and they hand you a script, and you have sure. to read from that. Um, but if it's like something that your agent sets up for you, they might give it to you ahead of time. But nine times out of ten, like even if you watch like casting videos, like a lot of them have scripts in their hand. Okay. But usually they've given them time. Like you'll get the script the moment you get there and then you have like a certain amount of time to like look it over, try to memorize it. Um, sure. But nine times out of ten, I feel like they're always holding a script. Okay. I guess I really didn't pay much attention to that. I was just thinking, like, yeah, I think it's more like callbacks. It's really hard to tell, like, what. It's really hard to tell, like, their acting ability when they're reading from a page. Like, that's kind of tough. Yeah. So that's that's why I yeah. asked. Okay. I think that's probably why they do callbacks a lot too. And in that, they usually send it to you ahead of time so that mm. you can prepare, like, what it's supposed to look like before you get there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they're just trying to get like. If we could just get a base of what we'd be getting and then let's see how they elaborate on it in a callback while they have when they have time to memorize. Yeah. And, and a lot of times to, like, like focus on the reading. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of like open auditions too. like it really it's more challenging for the actor because you think about it like here's a script that I just got that I'm reading through. And it's like, how sure. well can you pick this up quickly? And I think yeah. some directors like, you know, they look to that. Yeah, for sure. I, don't know. I say as like as if I've auditioned a lot, which I have not. <laughs> um okay anything else before we go to the tag because i think that's the last part with joey um i don't know joey's joey's was pretty succinct as well okay so in the tag joey comes in to the apartment and he tells the friends that just heard from estelle and he did not get the parts um because the casting people didn't like the bag shocker (laughs) Yeah, and the friends are all like, oh, no. And he looks to Rachel, or the friends, I think it was Monica, was like, you know, you you might, you might, should just probably give up the bag now. Like, it's not it's not doing anything for you. And so he mm-hmm. looks to Rachel to, like, confirm, like, why? Like, I don't want to give it up. Don't make me give it up. And she, like, gently lets him know that maybe that there's, maybe there's another bag that we can use that's, like, not so controversial. Yeah. And better for this time. And Chandler has to pipe up and have the last word. And he's like, yeah, they're called wallets. Yeah, she's she's essentially trying to sell it like, Joey, you're ahead of your time. This bag isn't ready for all that like you could give it, which is funny, Rachel. It's interesting that they made her like kind of flop sides. And she was like so adamant about it, even though he was going to return it. So it wasn't even like she was trying to make a commission. Um, but did you see all the virgin cola? The yes, virgin, I did. I was like, this is the second time we've seen like the virgin Atlantic or virgin like brand on something. I was like, man, that must've been a nineties thing. Like to have it branded everywhere. I'm, I guess I just never knew how big of a thing it was. Yeah. But yeah, it was on there like Coke, which is crazy. So just want to call that out yeah all right the last point probably the biggest point of the whole episode the biggest one for sure yeah is phoebe and her father frank yes um, 
So we're in the cafe in the beginning, and Phoebe enters to tell the group that her grandma has died. She just got back from the hospital where her grandma died, um, but not yeah, to worry so because she had an incredible life, and she's going to visit, obviously. Obviously. Um, and at this point, Monica enters and makes some comment about seeing people in a car having sex, um, mm. only to find out what has actually happened. And she asks Phoebe like what what happened like how did she pass and so we find out that they were in the grocery store and she bent down to get yogurt and never came up um Mm. and at this point you know she had told phoebe to go grab eggs and meet her at the checkout but um they didn't obviously but phoebe is pretty certain that they will still meet at the checkout someday very on the nose for sure yes for sure so we go to Ursula's apartment. Um, it's the first time we've seen Ursula in a while, I feel like. It's, yeah, it has been a while. Yeah. So um, we're at her apartment and Phoebe asks if she can come in because she's got some bad news. And Ursula's like, oh, yeah, no. And so they stand in the hallway, which is very Ursula. And mm-hmm. she tells her um, about her grandma. But she claims that she's been gone for five years, which is pretty upsetting to phoebe because obviously her grandma has not been dead for five years um and phoebe asks her like are you going to go to the funeral but ursula says no because she's already made peace with it and she has a concert that she's going to but she can't invite phoebe because she only has two tickets left Mm -hmm. um it was pretty short scene with ursula but you know you know in these scenes anytime that they have phoebe and ursula in the same scene i'm always looking for the seam of like the CGI yeah. when they're in the same shot, because I'm always expecting to find it because it's the nineties. And I know that CGI and like, I mean, we've, we've grown up with bad graphic movies that you go back to and you're like, oof. Um, but it's, it's, it always trips me up how good it is in this scene. Yeah, or in this like shot that they've developed where they're both in the same sh- like the they're both in the same shot. So good. I'm it always is. shocked. It's surprisingly good. Like I can't find like the different like usually you can tell like one's lit a little bit differently than the other, so you can tell they're from like they did it at different times. Like there's always something that's off. It's usually the lighting, but this one spot on. So, yeah. What? It's shocking. Um, So we go over to the funeral, and Phoebe is at the door handing out 3D glasses for the service. Um, Yeah, one question. Why weren't the friends there helping her set up? That's a solid question. I mean, honestly, she probably told them not to come. When they all walked in together, and I know we technically haven't gotten there yet, but, like, when they all walk in together, and they're like, oh, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, you should have been there. Like, you should be the ones handing out these things so that Phoebe can meet and connect with the people who are visiting yeah yeah technically yeah um but it was the next day i don't know if you caught that with ursula um she said you know grandma died today and we're having a service tomorrow which is like very unnormal like not normal like you don't have the service immediately following the death it's usually at least a week away yeah um so it could have also just been like hey we're having a service tomorrow like be there like the friend's I don't know that their yeah. bosses would have been like, oh, your best friend's grandma died and you need the day off. Like, no. Um, but 
yeah, still, I, I can understand that. They should have at yeah. least somewhat helped. Um, but the friends enter and Joey pulls out flowers from his bag and hands them to Phoebe. And she, <laughs> at this point, mentions that her grandma had the same purse um, just oh, to, like, gosh. dig at the bag one more time. Yeah. And then a man enters behind the friends. And mm-hmm. as Phoebe hands him glasses, she asks how he knew Francis. Um, and he says that he hadn't seen her in years, but he was really tight with her and her daughter, which intrigues Phoebe. And she's like, oh, like, um, who who would you say you were again? He's like, oh, I'm Frank Buffet. And she immediately gasps. And then mm-hmm. he retracts his statement. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm, uh, I'm Joe, Joe Hill. And she yeah. tries to get him to say more, but he doesn't. And instead he just like bolts. He's a very skittish man. Very skittish. And it makes me very uneasy in this episode. Anytime he's like there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we come back to the funeral, which I think was probably like a commercial break at the time. Yeah. Um, and Phoebe had gone after him, but didn't tell him who she was. Just said that she was, uh, mm-hmm. oh, what, what is it? Oh, I just Executor. Lost. Executor. Yes. Um, and that she needed to talk with him. So she set up a time to meet with him at the coffee house and he agreed to meet. So the funeral begins and the friends are putting on the 3d glasses as they slowly make their way to their seats. And it's just weird to me because one 3d glasses at a funeral is weird, but why wouldn't you sit down first and then put them on? Because they're really hard to see once you put them on. Well, okay. Let me, Yeah, it's also kind of a goof because remember as Phoebe was holding, like she was giving it to that old lady and she was like, the Reverend will let you know. Yeah, that's true. Like when, like when to put him on. And so when the funeral starts, they immediately put it on. It's like, no, but you said that the Reverend would tell you when. So technically that's a goof in general. In addition to the fact that, yeah, why wouldn't you wait until you just sat down anyways? Also... I think I remember being with this. I don't know why, but this scene triggered like a memory in my brain of, I think I was with somebody like we a group of friends going out, seeing a movie, watching 3d and like some, they came out of the theater and they're like, man, I wish we could see in 3d all the time. And I was like, do you realize that like that we, we do (laughs) wait, don't we wait now? Am I the dumb one? I mean, we do, technically. Like, everything is in 3D. Everything's 3D. It just doesn't pop out in our face like like it does when you're sitting and watching it. But, like, it technically does. Like, if someone points their finger and they get it close to you, it looks like it's coming at your face. Because it is. Yeah. So, it's like, we do technically see in 3D all the time. For a second, I was like, wait, do we see in 2D? But we don't. Anyways. I thought uh, it, like, brought up a memory where I was like, my friend is an idiot. What are they doing? Anyways. Um, yeah, there was there was one moment, too, just at the funeral where, like, I don't, you probably noticed it when, right before the commercial where she goes, oh, my God, like, that was my father. The, oh, my God, her, like, the line and her mouth movements are, like, very significantly mismatched. Um, oh, like, they took the audio from a different one? Yeah, it just, it's in, a, in it's, it's just bad so just wanted to call that out nice most of my fun facts come from the the cafe which i think is where we're going yeah well we go to the apartment first um and this is the moment where you know she's getting ready to head to coffee with her dad 
And she isn't mm-hmm. going to tell him who she is at first because she doesn't want to scare him off. Um, yeah. And at this point, Ross, who's still like in his anger issues, um, <laughs> st- goes on and tells him, like, you know, if you're pissed at him, why don't you like I would just get angry. And so he like shows what his getting angry at somebody who abandoned him would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ends up being so, quote unquote, angry that he scares himself and Monica encourages him like, well, at least one person was scared because yeah. it wasn't scary at all. Ross um, really has nothing to do with this episode. No, and it's totally fine because he's got a lot coming up. Yeah, true. Um, Some of our favorite. <laughs> yes. But Phoebe claims that she's past the anger and um, she notices, or Monica at this point is when she notices the tension that that she's holding and starts to massage her shoulders. Mm. And that leads to what oh, we talked yes. about earlier. That's right. Yeah. So then we go to the cafe, which is essentially the last scene of the episode before the Mm -hmm. tag. And this is where she's meeting with Frank, um, who refuses to sit on the couch next to her. He sits on the, like, the arm of the couch. Um, He's like a cat, just ready to bolt. Yeah. If, if, If I was next to Frank in person, like, if I was, if we were standing near each other, I feel like people would get anxiety around him just from feeling what he's putting off. Yeah. It's very uncommittal. I will leave in any moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. But mm-hmm. I also feel like, like the actor did a good job committing to that. Oh, sure. No, I very, I felt it. He yeah. did a great job. I felt it. And I'm not normally like a, Ooh, give me your anxiety. Like, yeah, I felt that way. I was like, um, I'm so anxious, Phoebe, I think. Yeah, Phoebe at this point is still pretending to be the executor, and so he asks what Francis left for him. Um, yes. In very much a haste, she hands him used lipstick. Yeah, her lipstick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then he finds that weird, and he's like, but okay, whatever. And she's like, well, I have a few questions, if you don't mind staying a minute. And he said, yeah. So she pulls out her official documents, which are just some scrunched up pieces of paper. Yes, and, and while we do that, we find out that she is left-handed. By the way that she holds it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she starts to ask him some questions. And we learn that he married. He was, in fact, married to Lily. And mm-hmm. he did leave her and her two girls in total abandonment. Total. <laughs> yeah, total abandonment. And as she starts to ask why, he, at this point, gets very nervous and he stands to leave. Um, but before leaving, he digs in his pocket and he hands her a note and asks if he can or she can give it to Lily um, yeah. because he wanted to talk to her at the funeral. But she was afraid that he would interrogate her much like Phoebe was in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she he didn't obviously stay to give it to her. And Phoebe is taken back because she's like, wait, you wanted to speak with Lily? Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, of, of course I did. And she's like, well, Phoebe, or she's been gone for 17 years. Yeah, she's dead. Yeah. She's like, Lily died. Yeah. And In 17 years, it's crazy to me that he, one, had no idea. Yeah. And for 17 years, like, at one point, Phoebe was homeless. Right. How did he just... Right. Like, his did, next like, response here did, like, was... Child was... Protective Services just not exist? Right. Like, his Wouldn't next response here... Yeah. Was accurate, but it should have been 17 years ago that it happened. Like, you should have been contacted that year. Yes. Your children. I mean, maybe he was and he never 
answer. True. Like, we don't know. But, yeah, like, you would feel like at some point, like, somehow you learned about Francis's death. So how did you not hear about right. Lily's death? Yeah. Exactly. And what's weird is that, like, there is a little discrepancy in, like, the timeline. I think we've mentioned it before. But Phoebe mentioned several times throughout the series that Frank abandoned her family before she was born, obviously before her and Ursula. But Frank says in this episode that he used to sing songs to her when she was a baby. Yeah. And I think we've talked about that before. But again, it messes with that timeline of like, so you were present and then left. And Phoebe's what, in her late 20s, early 30s? So to, for 17 years, like for her to be cognizant enough to know that she sang songs. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't have been long after you left if this is the true storyline that Lily died. And you're right. If you heard about this one, how did you not hear about Lily when you have two kids? Right. Yeah. Just weird. Just a weird situation. Yeah. Um, but all of that aside, it kind of leads to a sweet moment. Um, in that he he asks what happened to the girls and she tells mm. she's she's honest she tells him you know where ursula is and then soho yeah and it then, felt cool to be like reconnected with the neighborhoods and like i know exactly where that is you know yeah and then she just tells him that phoebe is sitting here on this couch yeah um which leads him to come over and sit closer to her but not too close because he's not sure how to do that yet um yeah and he is just, like, I think in awe because he's yeah. unaware of, like, the fact that this is his daughter. And he says, like, I can't believe you're my daughter. Like, look at you. You're so pretty. Um, mm. Which she's very humble about. And he begins <laughs> to say sorry, but she tells him, like, it doesn't it doesn't matter, like, at this point. Like, there's really not a lot you can do to make up for what you did. Yeah. Um, and he continues... That in his defense, he was a lousy father, which she's like, in your defense, like, that's what you decide to say. Um, he burned the formula. He put the diapers on backwards and he made up this silly song to her, mm. like for her to make her sleep. But it just made her cry more. And this kind of like perks her up because she's like, you make songs. He said, no, I made one song. And yeah. she um, she kind of asked to hear it. So he starts to sing this song called Sleepy Girl. Which is to the tune of Smelly Cat. Smelly Cat. And I just, like, I wanted to cry in the moment because, like, Phoebe's face of, her like, face. you know, like, this is, this might be she, where she got that from. She, you know? like, understood yeah. that, like, oh, my gosh, like, my subconscious, like, knew that. Yeah. And that's where I got the melody from. Yeah. And it was oh, really sweet. I know. I loved it. And he tries to scoot closer and, like, you know, be emotional or be, you know, a father in that moment. But then he, like, scoots away and he's like, I don't know how to do this. And she's like, mm -hmm. yeah, well, good thing I do. And so she scoots closer, puts her hand on his hand, and then, like, a couple awkward seconds goes by and she scoots back and she's like, yeah, I'm not quite ready for that yet. Yeah. For a um, second, though, it's really sweet that, like, she gets to step into who she is because that is very much like Phoebe. Oh, for sure. To be like, well, I am, you know, and yeah. just like, go ahead and take it. Like, okay, you can't meet me here. I'll come meet you there. Yeah. But that's very sweet. Yeah. Um. There's, there's a lot, there's kind of a lot here that I want to say. Um, 
it is it is interesting that while they're talking, she doesn't mention to Frank about meeting Frank Jr. or her birth mother, Phoebe. Um, like none of that situation is brought up. Um, and then her father is never seen or mentioned ever again after this episode. Which is kind of a bummer because it feels like a very big reveal. And then it just disappears. Um, yeah. The guy who played Frank, is, his name was, uh, is, is or was, oh gosh, I don't know, Bob Bal uh, Balaban. Um, sorry, there, <laughs> there's an Airbnb outside my place. Um, one, he co-stars with Matthew Perry in a different movie, Three to Tango. In 1999, which is what the same year this like this episode released. Yeah, yeah. So they never met. They don't obviously aren't in any scenes together in Friends, but they did co-star together. And then he also later guest starred on an episode of Web Therapy in 2011, which starred Lisa Kudrow, which I thought was cool. Nice. And then a couple of random goofs um, while Frank and Phoebe are on the couch together. The ashtray on the table, like, just suddenly disappears, and it doesn't show in the episode that anyone has, like, come over to remove it. So that's just a, you know, timeline discrepancy or just a goof. And then um, while they're talking, one second his coat is buttoned, and the next shot it's undone, and you can see his jumper. And then when he goes over to sit next to Phoebe, the coat's buttoned up again. So just a little bit of, like, continuity errors happening a little. Um, but that's pretty, I mean, that pretty much wraps up all all my like trivia and facts nice well that's the episode so favorite sweet, scene sweet. favorite scene had to be chandler when he talks monica yep i'm the same to yeah into like you're the you give the best worst massage yeah. and just i loved his face once she asked about a trophy like who would that go to and he realizes like I, like it's just so tender and i love it yeah, same. Okay. Um, okay. Episode rating? Rating? I'm going to give it a... Oh, gosh. Phoebe, Jonathan Chandler... In the bag. I'm going to give it a, oh my God. Okay. Uh, it was very underwhelming on all three counts. Like we, like the, the best part of the storyline was Monica and Chandler. And that was the shortest storyline. Then Joey in the bag. It's like, meh, it's, it's a one-off. Don't really care. Um, I'm really glad Phoebe got like to meet her father. It kind of happened under sucky circumstances. But it's not enough to, like, bump the episode rating up for me. What about you? Yeah, I would say we were on a break, um, which okay. is right there pretty close. Yeah. Much mm -hmm. for the same reasons. Like, there were two you know, one-off storylines and then Phoebe. I mean, it, it's just kind of underwhelming that we don't get any more from Frank, you know? Yeah. Um, like, especially mm -hmm. because, like, that's a big thing to, like, meet your actual dad for the first time, basically. Um, and that's, I don't know. I feel like they kind of almost failed on that one. Um, 
And also, I think with the episodes we've had recently, like this one was very under underwhelming. Yeah. So it's just a bummer because like it was a big episode for Phoebe and we don't get that very often. So it's kind of hoping for more. But yeah, it is what it is. I know it is what it is. All right. Post show wrap up. Trivia time. Oh, yes. Sorry. It's really dark in here. Let me see if I can read these over my candle. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay. Speaking of Regency era, <laughs> uh, do we podcast by by candlelight? Yes. Which friend has freakishly small feet? Is, Is it? it I want to say Rachel, but I feel like it's Monica. Neither. It's Joey. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. Which friend would say that communism was a theory that didn't pan out? Chandler or Ross? Mm, I feel like it's a Ross thing. It's Joey as well. Okay. <laughs> wow, two Joey answers. just didn't answers. seem intelligent enough to say something like that in my brain. Yeah, I thought it was Chandler not. making a joke. No. Anyways. Okay. Um, social media spotlight. Um, Menang, uh, Lankumer, he sent us a reel, um, that said it's mostly for you, Llewellyn, um, but he said, I guess for both of you. So you have to watch that. I'm not gonna, uh, remove it until you watch it. Okay. 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 And then we got a couple of our story replies from the reel. Um, I'll, I'll play the reel really quickly. <laughs> Don't peek your mic. Oh, that's right. I can't. <laughs> it's okay. We posted it. Sorry. I realized like it's playing through my headphones and you guys can't hear that. It's, um, it's Harry Styles, watermelon sugar. And then when he says <gasps> yes. hi, it's just Ross. It's just a compilation of Ross saying all of his highs. <laughs> Hilarious. So we got a couple of responses from that. Thank you guys for responding. Uh, a lot of you guys did. It was hilarious. Um, uh, Kimberly Anderson let us know. Um, she said, oh, we were talking about her. Um, remember her $500 million house that she wants to start saving up for? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she said, I just listened to your last episode. And then she gave us like the Chandler laughing emoji, you know, with like the triangle <laughs> eyes and the yeah. big smile. She said, my dream house has land and I want to start a vet clinic and dog boarding training facility. Oh, okay. I, I definitely want to move in. Please save she me said, room. Well, okay. And then she said, also, I would love to be your third friend. So I think we're cooking up something really good here. So Kimberly, if you win the lottery, we're there. We'll, we'll, we will help you train and board and manage these dogs. I would love to be on a home like that. And we'll just live on your land and work for you for free. It'll be a perfect. Yeah. And then we'll all record the podcast together. Yeah. Cool. Love that. Thanks, Kimberly. Um, also, just so you can delete this, Manang, I don't want to watch that because there's a bug in that video. Um, and I can't, I just can't bring myself to look at those. Um, but I do know oh. that tool. I have seen those tools before where they, you can like trap a bug. Yes. Basically. Um, but I don't know if I stressed enough that even that would stress me out. 
mm. because um, I I can't get close enough. I don't know if any of my friends, if any of the friends out there watch Schitt's Creek, but there's a scene that I relate to David thousand percent where he has a bug trapped under something and he wants to get it outside. And yeah. um, he, so he brings Stevie in to help him like get it outside and he doesn't necessarily want to kill it because he's afraid that if he opens the container that it's going to fly away. And so she goes to do that, to kill it, and it flies away. And in that moment, I'm David. Because if I lose sight uh-huh. of the bug, then I cannot sleep. I cannot do anything else until I know that bug is either dead or outside. Gotcha. So that's me. But Well, I did just respond because I do know that tool as well. Yeah. And I very much, if the handle is long enough, I could do it. But I couldn't be, like, standing on, t- like, right over it. You true, know? true, yeah. Um, and then uh, Mohawk Chitterveti sent us a meme as well, talking about 2023. And it's a meme with Joey. Um, you know, it's the uh, the red sweater meme where, like, he looks like he's, like, kind of looking and smiling. And then his face gets big when he realizes, like, it's Ross's sweater. And that's the one they've been, like, thinking, like, we've been wondering who the sweater is. But the meme is like 2023 is three months away. And that's when Joey's just kind of like smiling. And then it's like 2023 is three months away. And then he's like wide eyed and like, oh my gosh. So <laughs> it's good. I literally can't believe that. Like October, yeah, November, December. Insane. We'll be done with season five and in a whole new year, which is crazy. So that is our social media spotlight roundup. Okay. Recommend to a friend. Yes. Oh, look at you. Uh... Yeah. So um, the first one is what the one I'll do. Um, so I think I've mentioned, well, I did just mention at the beginning of this episode that I just ran a 5K, which means in the last couple months I've been um, warming up for that, basically. Um, so I have been running more and getting back into it because when I used to live in Michigan, I ran a lot more because the weather was more acceptable um, right. than it is down here. But it was hot. Yeah. And one of the things that I have to do here is I have to get up early and run. And um, mm. it's just, I mean, just being very honest, like sometimes I'm afraid to go out and run just because I'm a female and yeah, you know, there's a track record for, the amount of females that are harassed or and in otherwise like my gosh yeah. every murder podcast yeah so um i have been trying to do i've been trying not to run in the morning as much just because now it gets it's too dark and i refuse to run it in the dark by myself but yeah. one of the things that i did um is i'm starting to get more things to help me be safer so like i bought mace a couple other things and one thing i did buy um are bone conductor headphones which mm. I had not heard of until one yes. of my roommates actually got, or a friend of my roommates gave them to her because she had, she was doing like a job that was outdoors. Um, and essentially, if you don't know what they are, you can Google bone conduction headphones and see a picture, but they sit on your, like right above your ears, basically like that little bone that's right outside your ears. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not like sound quality wise. They're not as good as actual in ear headphones, sure. obviously, yeah. but they like, and I don't know all the science or technical, but like the vibrations of whatever you're listening to, like goes through that bone and into your eardrum without having to actually be in your eardrum. 
So essentially, you can be listening to something and still hear what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went back and forth on buying them because they're not cheap. And I mean, you can buy cheap versions, but they're, you know, crap. So I didn't want to get like the cheapest version and them not even work. So I went back and forth and then ultimately decided after one run that particularly scared me. I was like, okay, I need I need this because it's a safety thing. So I bought them. I've rented them a few times. Um, I will say that I'm not somebody who suffers from headaches very often, but after wearing them on two runs, I got back and was extremely dizzy and Mm. had a a pretty big headache. Um, And I couldn't figure out why at first. I thought maybe I was like getting sick or something. And then I took them to work one day to try them out at work and realized it was the headphones. Um, Oh. So I just realized that I've got, I can't have them like up super loud and um, like the moment that I start to feel dizzy, I just take them off and I like take a break from them. So I don't know if it's just like the vibrations. I did some research and apparently that's a side effect that some people have. So it's normal. Um, That stinks though. Yeah. But I've been able to, I think now that I'm like more adjusted to them, I can handle them a little more, Um, but usually only like you know, like 45 minutes max, and then I have to take them off for a while. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing how, like, how much safer I feel because, like, I can hear when somebody's running up behind me or there's a ton of bikers on our trail, which can be a little scary when you're running and you can't hear a bike behind you, and then all of a sudden it's there. So it's nice to be able to hear everything around me. And they, I mean, the sound quality is not the greatest, but, like, honestly, when I'm out on a run, like, that's the least important thing to me as long as I can Mm -hmm. just like hear something is what I need so if you're a runner or I've read a lot of reviews of people that use them in an office because their bosses don't like them having headphones in and these aren't in your ears so you can still hear your what's going on in your office I've heard people enjoy that they do have some that have microphones so if you're like somebody that's on video all the time Mm. they have them for that too so I think the ones I bought were 60 which was cheap. I didn't buy the brand that like everybody gets um, because I wanted to try them out. But yeah, Amazon, 60 bucks. The brand I got is Digital. It's what it's literally, it's called Digital. I know that's like okay. the weirdest name, but um, yeah, they're good. If you are a runner and you need something or a biker, some of them you can swim with. I don't understand that concept, but apparently oh, you wow. can. Um, so if you are looking for that, I guess there are some out there. Um, but yeah, bone conduction headphones. Okay. Recommend to a friend. Um, mine is to stop what you're doing. You can <laughs> even stop listening to this podcast. Go on the Hopper app. Grab yourself up a cheap round trip ticket to New York City. And go frickin' see the Hamilton play in person. And spring for the best seats you can afford. It is... Okay, guys. I am not a Broadway musical person. I am. I could not care less about Broadway. I do. But it's so... No, I'm trying to to speak to the people out there who would be like, I'm not going to go. No. Drop everything and go. If... They have extended their tickets out through, I think, March or May of next year. They just announced, like, that they're extending or whatever. You absolutely have to go. You have to go. It's so 
It's so good. It, I was at the edge of my seat leaning forward the whole time. Can I ask you I a question? I cried. I laughed. I cried more. I loved it. Yes, you may ask me. And my seats were great, but I would I would go again soon because I texted Llewellyn immediately after, and I was like, "Hey, if you're going to New- if you want to go to New York, I'll meet you there and go see Hamilton with you." Okay, uh, I got okay, it. Needs so to happen. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I'm a couple I'm things. obsessed. One, I've watched it already once since getting home. <laughs> One, do you know who played Hamilton? Do you remember his Hamilton, name? Hamilton was, um, was it, I have my playbill. Was it Miguel to, something? Yes, it was. Okay. He's played, he's, he's played him over like 1200 times. Yeah. He's the guy that played in Chicago when I saw it. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. He, I was his repertoire was, was pretty incredible. Good. Yes. Um, he was very good. He was yes. a very good Hamilton. Yeah. Also, um, one thing, one thing I just want to say is, even if you can't, like, if you're out of the country and you can't afford to get to New York, or you can't afford to get to New York in general, I do know that they are touring with Hamilton. Like, I think if you're in the Florida area, it'll be here in January, I think, both in Tampa mm-hmm. and Orlando. So, like, there is a touring company. Um, yes. I know New York is ideal to go see it. but Ideal. As somebody, so good. But as you get out who, and you're like right by Times Square, so right. fun. As somebody who enjoys theater wherever and whenever, um, if you have it close to you and it's more if, like feasible for you to get to, do sure, it. Of like course. it's of course it's a Just thousand it. times better in person than on Disney Plus. I, I will, will say, say I cried. I will say though, I did when I came back home and watched it, I cried more during the second half at home while watching it on the yeah. screen than I did yeah. in person. Yeah. I don't even think I cracked a tear in the second half. Mm, it's so good. It's so and the good. second half is the saddest part of the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like the tragic part. Yeah. And well, I didn't even crack. I think because my friend was doing it enough for the all of us. Okay, she, but here's the thing. I'll be honest. She had had a little bit too much to drink. <laughs> Yeah, that's and the way to was, watch Broadway. She was bawling, Llewellyn. Okay, and when I thing. tell you bawling, I don't mean like. I mean, no, like, I can get it. I get it. I get it. People were it. staring, and I was I was staring back at them because they were being rude. Okay, but here's the thing okay. about Broadway, and like, it's like, so don't good. don't knock yourself for cr- not crying. Like when I went and saw Dear Evan Hansen, um, like towards the end of that, like. Ben Platt was literally sobbing like snot in this one scene. And mm. if I watch it, like if I watch the DVD of like the movie version that they made, or if even yeah. I'm just listening to that song, it immediately makes me weep. But when mm. I went and saw it, I was so Nothing. in awe of just like the performance around me that I didn't want to yes. miss anything that I forced yes. myself not to not cry. To cry. <laughs> yeah. Because, okay. and like people around me are like <laughs> sobbing and I'm like, don't cry, don't cry. You don't want to miss it. Like, I don't want to lose yeah. any, any part of this. But, so I get that. Um, but I was the bawling thing, at home. Like I was, yes. I was very much crying at home. It's a very sad scene. It's very sad. And then when I was there, like nothing happened. Yeah. Um, and I will admit that you, so I knew you were going to see it and I had a feeling you would text me, but I was literally talking with our friend, Nicole, like, cause she's yeah. planning a trip Would down she here. go with us too? Um, oh, maybe, but we'll going. talk about that later. Um, <laughs> okay. but 
she is in the works of planning a trip down here and I had mentioned that you were in New York <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I saw that. Like, that's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like super jealous. Um, and then I was talking with her and I was like, what are your thoughts? on like, instead of coming here, like, what if the two of us went to New York? Because one of my biggest things is I want to go in the winter, like yes, specifically same. December, because I want to see the tree um, in Rockefeller Center. Yes. I want to so, ice skate. Yeah. I want all, all the, the ice things. cold things. I want to see all the window shops on Fifth yeah, Avenue that are beautiful. All the decorations, like literally everything. So I, I was like, we were texting mm-hmm. about that. And then a couple hours later, you texted me and was like, hey, I'm not even kidding. Like let's go yes. this winter and i was I'm, like like i'm already there let's do it now yeah <laughs> uh, so it. yes yeah it was um it's a yes it's a yes from me <laughs> you have to go find a traveling company drive make it a weekend trip if it's anywhere near you it is so worth it yeah. and i went in I went in not listening to the soundtrack again because I knew I was going to see it. So I went in not listening to the soundtrack and not having seen it on Disney Plus since it had originally come out on Disney Plus like over two years ago um, that I watched over COVID. So I haven't done anything since then because I wanted it to be new again. Um, So if you haven't, like don't feel obligated to have to do it. Like experiencing it for the first time in person would be awesome. But I would also recommend then if if I have not convinced you to go see it in person, at least do yourself the favor, rent Disney Plus for a month and watch it on Disney Plus. It's not the same because it's not in person, but it's the, if it's the only version I can convince you to do, that's worth it as well. Yeah. It's so good. And I will say that if you're if you're choosing to watch it on Disney Plus because it's more convenient, which is understandable. Um I hope it makes you honestly the I was not convinced to go see Hamilton and then I saw it on Disney Plus. I was like, that's actually a Broadway I would go see in person. Yeah. It actually convinced me more to do it. But but I do have to say, because I have to say this to my mother anytime I watch any sort of musical with her. um, Yes. It is it is a musical that has dialogue in the songs. So you have to pay attention. It's not a musical that you can sit down and as you're working on something for the first time. Now, if you've seen it already and you're just like watching it to watch it, that's a different story. But if it's your first time, like carve out the two and a half hours that it is and literally sit and watch it. Like you will not be disappointed. It's so good. I mean, it's like less than, it's less than, it's less than a Lord of the Rings movie. So just do it. (laughs) It's so good. And then tell us how you like it. Yes, please. Please tell us how you like it. I would... Oh, man. Yes. So that is my 10 minute spiel on my recommend to a friend. Go see Hamilton. Okay. Next week, we will watch the one where everybody. Oh, this is so good. The one where everybody finds out. Guys, this is going to be such a good episode. episode. You have to be there. We'll see you next week. All right. We'll catch you guys next week on the One Friends podcast. Bye.